I brought the sun. And so, so it, even though it's not outside, I brought it inside. So you still get a nice sunny morning. <laughs> it is awesome to be here with you all this morning. I don't know how many of you have heard me preach before. So a few, so you know we have about an hour and a half right now. That we're, right? All right. <laughs> there is no way, trust me, I left the black church because I couldn't do that long, long preaching. That made, yeah, I've fallen asleep, so I'm not going to, hopefully I won't put you to sleep. However, if I do see you dozing, I will come and tap you on the shoulder. I am able to walk around now, so... It is such a wonderful um, blessing to be here with you. I was here several years ago, um, and because I go around to so many churches, I usually have to step in and see the sanctuary to ask myself if I've been here before. And so um, you have such a beautiful, beautiful space. I, Eric has moved this down, um, and I completely understand that. There was a time, I think, when pastors really liked being up here. Um, but we don't anymore. <laughs> we don't like being high and elevated like that. And so as you continue to build or adjust, remember to bring us a little bit lower than maybe what was done before. I have enjoyed my time. I have been blessed to be a part of Mennonite Women um, over the last nine months um, and have really been having the opportunity just to go around and sit um, and talk with women. And so this morning I want to share a piece of scripture with you um, that is about two women um, that I think really speak to who we are today and how we as women today are still struggling and how this need for us to really work with one another, be with one another, share with one another so that we can change some things around that are desperately needed in our world today. I believe and I believe we as Mennonite women believe um, that when women take a personal interest in changing the narrative of our story, our country, our nation, our world, things will change. But we as women now are being called to step up in new ways and to look at things in new ways. And when we decide to change, our children will change, our husbands will change, right? Our communities will change and our world will change. But it's going to right now, there's a call for women for us to step up and do some things just a little bit different. I want to make it clear that much of what we are going to be calling upon women will not be easy. It will be a shifting of our understanding. Um, but the reality is our world is in dire straits right now, and it needs a radical shift. And in order for that to happen, all of us are going to have to sacrifice. And the reality is we celebrate and we say we are the children of a Savior who sacrificed it all. And yet we do all we can not to have to sacrifice anything. And it just doesn't work that way. In order for us to change this world around us, we ourselves, the children of God who have been called according to his purpose, are required to make some sacrifices. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how this can happen. Now, the particular story that we chose, that I chose here, um, Hannah and Peniah, are um, wives of a man. I am intentionally leaving the men out of the story as much as possible. I will refer to them as men and priests, and, um, and part of that is because, guess what? The women's story is real, too. And this is one of those stories that even as we talk about Hannah and what she went through, she is only told in the story as to tell us about Samuel, her son. But she has a real story. 
These women have a real story that speak a lot about who we are and what we have to do every day to survive. So in this particular story, this husband takes his two wives and their children up, for, uh, up to temple every year, as they do, as part of the custom. And Hannah was unable to bear children. So Hannah had no children, and Paniah, the other, other wife, had several. And Paniah would be very, very hard on Hannah. Scripture says she provoked her. And this went on for years and years and years. This is true for women back then as it is for us today. We will figure out ways in which we want to go after our sister, and we will provoke, we will push, we will do whatever we can to move her out the way and for us and, and make sure we have a space at the table. We've been doing that as a part of many of those that are oppressed and marginalized. Instead of working together, we start pushing each other out so we can have a spot. I'm saying right now for all women, it's time for us to stop pushing each other aside and start working together to really make some change. So Hannah is unable to bear children, and this is hard for her. And in that society back then, if you could not bear a child, your worth as a woman was lower. The reality is in our world today, we still put value on women who can bear children. And even for women who choose to be single, and choose not to have children, we have still determined that they are somehow lower than women who have or had children or chose to bear children. That is utterly unfair. Who I am as a woman has and should not only be regulated to whether or not I can bear a child, but this was Hannah's reality. And because of that, she was very sad because she could not bear a child. The scripture goes on to tell us that her husband loved her so much that he gave favoritism to her over Paniah. Now, Paniah had several children, and here she is getting less than when she has done what society has asked of her. And somehow she has been put over here as if she is not worthy enough. And this pits these two women against each other. I can imagine as a woman what that must have been like. And let me be honest with you, I'm not sharing my husband with anybody. Right? <laughs> so the fact that they even had to share a husband was enough. Right? That's one issue at the table. The other issue is one of them has all the children and the other one has none. First of all, she would have been my best friend because could you please take some of these children? Help me with these children. Right? But for whatever reason, we're part of a society that instead of helping these women to work together, it pitted them against one another. The other part of this story that over the years I've been amazed at is nobody talks about Paniah. We only see her as a side character that comes in. She's the one that provoked Hannah and she had the children. But can you imagine being in her space? Can you imagine being the one that I've done all that is required of me? I've done my best. I'm a good wife to my husband. I'm a good mother to our children. I follow the rules, and yet I'm still not good enough. This, for all of us, especially for women, has been a part of what happened to African-American and white women here in the U.S. When, feminist, when the feminist movement hit, and all of us were standing up together and trying to fight for our rights, what ended up happening is white women and black women said, wait a minute, we're, we got two different issues at, at stake here. 
and we separated. And that's how we got the womanist movement. Because what my needs were were different from your needs, and instead of us walking together and acknowledging each other's reality, we separated. It's a little place called the Mennonite Church right now that recently did a whole lot of that, right? We can't walk together and accept each other's needs. We separate from each other. And in that separating from one another, we weaken ourselves. And the feminist movement was, was plowing along and doing quite well. When those women split and went their own separate ways, it weakened what we were trying to do. We have to do better at staying together, at working together. In order for us as women to change this story, we ourselves have to be honest about how we arrived at this place. We have to be honest about the, the fact that we too have been marginalized and oppressed in such a way that we are fighting for the scraps ourselves. And instead of fighting for, against each other, if we would just start working together, we could get so much more done. We are also stuck with a society that says some of us have more value than others. Panaya, as far as her society was, was concerned, she had more value. She could bear children and therefore leave an heir, right? She had more value. In this society, we set up all kind of ways. If you're a white female, you are at the top of the rung. That is reality. And if you are African-American, you are at the very bottom. And we have to fight our way all the time to the top. And every level in between there, we have placed value. And we as women have bought into all of that. Instead of saying no more, no. Our age doesn't matter. Whether I am 80 or whether I am 16, I have value. The job that I do, whether I am a homemaker or a lawyer, I have the same value. If I have three children or no children, I have the same value, right? Whether I've chosen to be single or chosen to marry and have 19 children, why would she ever do that? I do not know. She has the same value, right? But we as women have to start saying no to that. One is not prettier, one is not, no. No, we are all women and we all have value and God created us in such a way that when he looked upon us, he said it was good. And so no matter where we are in our world today, if women just start saying to one another, you are my sister and you have value and I wanna walk with you in this journey through life, things will change. I believe that. So what about the role of these men that they played in this whole story and continue to play? I think we first want to make sure we understand the husband in all of this. I am thankful that he loved his wife. I am upset that he decided that by giving one more and the other one a little bit less, he was somehow balancing the scale. Because Hannah could not bear children, he tried to get her to understand that he loved her so much. Wasn't he, more, wasn't he enough for 10 children, right? He missed the whole boat. It had nothing to do with whether or not he was good to her. And men often miss it, right? I asked you to take out the trash and you bring me a diamond ring. I didn't ask for the diamond ring, I asked you to take out the trash, right? Oftentimes men miss the message in which we are trying to lay before them. 
What Hannah needed was somebody to empathize with her situation, to hear and understand that her sister over here, who was giving her a hard time, was giving her a hard time more than anything, probably because of the way he was treating both of them, right? He intentionally gave Hannah double portion. She wasn't asking for a double portion. And all he did by showing favoritism to her was hurt his family as a whole. How many of you have a favorite child in here? Tell the truth. Oh, the children are here? You can't ask. <laughs> right? Favoritism never works. It never works. And it, because as soon as you start showing favoritism to one, the other ones are going to work that much harder to get that attention in all kind of unhealthy ways. And yet this is what was going on in this family. I guess it was only this family. None of our families are going through this today. Right? Come on. We are good at this. Our kids wait till they're like 30 years old and start telling us, you treated such and such better than you treated me. That didn't happen in any of your families. You've been great parents along the way. Yeah, right. Right? Favoritism never works. But yet this is what happened. Whether it is a family or a nation, it doesn't work. You cannot set up one set of people high above others and expect for that not to eventually crumble. It never works. Equity is what that family needed. Hannah didn't need a double portion. She needed a portion. That's all. That's all. All of us have a role to play in this. As we look around in our families, our communities, and our society, we have to ask ourselves, is it equitable? Or are some still receiving more than others? And for women, I am saying this. Our world has not gotten it right yet, and I believe it's because we ourselves have not stood together and demanded the change. When we decide and say in our family is not welcome here, it's not welcome in my church, it's not welcome in my community, the world will change. We have to step up. Whether we understand the power that we hold or not, we have to make those changes. The other person in this situation was the priest. When he saw her praying, his assumption was that she was drunk because her mouth was moving and she stretched out. I hope you guys know this story. I didn't want to have to read to have the whole story read. But he assumed her to be drunk. The reality is for women who have been going through some time, much of our lives might look like we are drunk. That we are stumbling through some stuff right now. Life is hard and women are carrying burdens like never before. And while you are sitting up there judging me and how I am handling the vast amount of things that are on my plate, and you are judging me based because you think it should look or be a certain way, you are missing the picture. You are missing the fact that if you would just slow down and ask what your sister needs, what is going on, don't assume anything about her life, ask her what she needs and then come alongside and walk with her, things will change. Now, I say this about sisters because we're talking about women today, but the reality is we all should be doing that for one another anyways. Whether it is a child, where it is a, whether it is a senior, whether it is a homeless person on the street, our role and responsibility is to come alongside of them, ask them what they need, and then do our best to walk with them in that. 
I just am one that believes that once women make a change, all of it will change. I do believe that with all my heart. The reality is when we look at our world today, all the issues that we have with drugs and alcohol, all the issues that we have with mass incarceration, all the issues that we have with very poor educational systems, all of these things are a part of a larger system that has broken, been broken for so long and we just keep walking through and going through the motions as if there's going to be some miraculous change. It will change when we change. When we look upon one another and say, you have value to me. When we look upon one another and say, I love you enough that I am willing to walk with you. The call that Mennonite women is putting out for all of our sisters right now is we're asking every woman to find a sister other than themselves. So as I look around this congregation, many of you could not be one another's sister, right? The call is to find someone different from yourself of a different race, a different ethnicity, a different age, a different economics, um, socioeconomics, something vastly different from who you are right now. And with that sister, begin to share your lives together. Our society has been fighting for a while now, trying to tear down the macro systematic problems that have landed us where we are today. And those things need to happen. We still need to work at breaking down these systems that have caused us to be where we are today. But I believe we have been fighting and this has been going on for so long because we didn't put our own personal selves at the table. When we ourselves start saying, I am going to give myself over to, when I am going to share my life and my, my, everything about my family and where I live, and how, when I share that with someone else who is vastly different from me, I will learn from them and they will learn from me. And then when somebody starts talking about that other over there, you will be able to say, no, uh-uh, I know better than that. I, my sister teaches me this. I walk with my sister. That's not true. But right now, we can't say a whole lot of that's not true because it's either what we read or what we saw on TV. And we just don't know each other enough. My um, communications young girl, um, when we started talking about doing this sistering, and finding a sister by choice, a sister vastly different from you. She quickly went out, this young lady quickly went out and found her a sister. And so she has to take some pictures of me um, for pu publication type stuff. And I told her, I said, ugh, this is a bad hair week. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot take pictures right now. This is a bad hair week. I'm gonna have to wait till I get my hair done. And I said, you know, black girl issues, you won't understand. She said, yes, I do. She said, my sister told me all about it, right? So the, the beauty of it was because she found a sister other than herself, and she began to walk with that sister, she began to know something about black women she didn't quite understand before. But when I brought it up, she was like, wait a minute, I understand that. I get that. My sister told me all about that. I'll wait. Let me know when you get your hair done, right? She was okay. She was okay. That's part of all that what we are doing. We have, to, we have to put ourselves in those others' situations. When I think of those mothers in uh, Central and South America walking thousands of miles with their children, 
As a mother, all I can think about is I wish I was standing there with them. Do you know what it has to take for a woman to put her kids on her back and start walking? For all of us to say, okay, wait a minute, that's something real. And if I don't quite understand why, why she is doing it, it is my responsibility to go to my sister and walk with her along the way. Maybe if a few of us would have went down there and picked up a couple of those kids and carried them along the way, we would have a whole nother setup about what's happening on our southern borders. But we're sitting in the cut, and we're watching everything happen. And we're, we have all kinds of ideas about what is happening, why it should be happening, what we should be doing, but very few of us have put ourselves in those situations. Dr. Martin Luther King said, walk one mile in my shoes and then tell me my feet hurt. All right? Walk with me. Join this fight with me, alongside of me, and together we can change things. Mennonite Women is an organization over 100 years old. And when it started 100 years ago, our mothers knew intuitively that not only did they need to start an organization, they needed to make sure it was woman-ran, woman-owned, woman-everything. That was 100 years ago. What they did back then was unheard of. And we have to stand in those stories. But our mothers are leaving us. Those of us that are younger should be sitting at their feet and saying, how did you do that? How did you come through that? If you are not walking with an older woman right now, you are missing a whole lot of wisdom, right? The call for us right now is for all of us to find someone other than ourselves. I am calling on you to be vastly different. Find somebody so very different from yourself and start walking with that person and see what God is doing through their life and, and them to be able to see what God is doing through yours. And then these things will begin to, begin to change. The children's time this morning, she talked about this, it's love. But how can I love you if I don't know you? How can I really give myself and sacrifice myself for you if I don't know you? All of us have a role to play. So as Mennonite women, you'll say we are seeking this from all of you. And we will be providing situations in which we can have positive, real, hard dialogue together. That as we start walking together, we can sit together, we can be honest with each other, and we can help each other through some stuff. And what may be happening in my life might help you in yours. But you won't know that until you hear my story and I hear yours. We have a work to do. Just like Hannah and Paniah, I always have wondered what and how much different this story would have been if those two would have worked together. What children may, have they, may they have raised had the two of them, instead of fighting against each other, came together. This is really important to me. I keep saying it everywhere that I go. Since Dylan Roof walked into the church, Emmanuel AME Church, and shot up those people, my concern for the young white male has risen to levels most people, I think, just pay no attention to. And then we had Charlottesville. And my concern for the young white male jumped again. I seriously believe my concern for the young white male is because I am a mother of young black males. And I have seen what has happened to my boys. And now that I watch these young men who are clearly struggling, 
who clearly are crying out for some love and attention. I keep saying, where are their mothers? If I'm concerned about your children, shouldn't you be concerned about your children? Together, together, we should walk this thing together. There are stories in my life that could help a mother who now is looking at these young men and saying, I don't understand what to do. If we don't turn it around, we will have a generation worse than anything we've ever seen before. It is our responsibility right now, and I am calling on all women. We started by doing our work. Every sister, find a sister, start walking together, help each other raise our children, help these young mothers who are in prison that are coming home. Maybe your sister is behind prison walls right now. Maybe your mother is at a senior citizen uh, center. Maybe your sister is a school teacher. Maybe your sister is a prostitute. But right now, our role is to find the one that God has led us to and start walking with those sisters. We can change this. We can change this. And when we do, I guarantee you, we will see the love of Jesus Christ like never before. We have our example. Christ showed us over and over again, he went to the woman at the well. They said, uh-uh, don't go over there and talk to her. <laughs> what are you doing? Wait a minute, you can't talk to her. You say, yes, I can. Right? When the men brought him the woman caught in adultery, what did he say? He stood with her. Right? We have the example. Just simply follow Jesus. And all of us, we can change this thing. I believe it in my heart. I've seen it. I have been blessed to go around and speak to women. I've always worked with women. And my life has come full circle that my job now, again, is all women and girls. That's pretty cool for me. Right? We can do this. So I invite all of you, especially the women, men, this time you are regulated to the side. You can join in. But the women must lead this march. All right? Let's change our communities. Let's change our families. Let's change this nation. Let's change this world. Amen. Amen.